to get right into our lesson. Children have to stay up here with us tonight. This was not planned because uh, uh, we uh, usually we split on Wednesday last Wednesday night, but tonight we're not splitting, and Sister Parker is doing a Bible study downstairs, so let's keep them in prayer down there. So let's see what goes on here. Amen. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 3, Paul said, If so be being clothed, we should not be found naked. <laughs> Amen. Everybody got your uniform on, right? Christian soldiers looking good, as we used to sing, Hidey, 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 hey. Charlie Company's on his way. <laughs> Standing tall and looking good. Ought to be in. Hollywood, right? <laughs> Amen. Because you, you did. You, 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 you threw your shoulders back. You, was, you felt good about how you looked, how you was conducting yourself. And if you notice anything about military units, when they first started out, they all kind of scraggly. And, you know, they don't know how to wear the uniform. And, and one of the first lessons that we had to teach them as drill instructors was how to wear the uniform. It, you know, it was proper maintenance and care of the uniform was one of the lessons that are required to be taught. Amen. And a lot of times when we come into church, we get saved. you got to realize we're just like soldiers who are coming out the world. You know, if you look at the world today, you can only imagine what drill instructors are facing today. You know, when, when, I don't know if I could do it now or not, you know, <laughs> you know, because, but that that's the way it was, you know, and so, but when you begin to give instructions and they begin to work as a team and they begin to have an understanding of what they had been chosen to do and what they have volunteered to do in a lot of cases, they begin to work together and see the value and the importance of who they were and part of the organization. And that's the overall part of the church. And when you look at Jesus' instructions, when he told his disciples, go ye therefore and make disciples, amen, basically what he was saying was teach them the right way, show them how to live, how to do, and how to conduct themselves, because they will be a representative for me, and they will never forget it. This is one of the reasons Proverbs uh, uh, Proverbs 22, 6 says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he won't forget it. You guys, anybody been in the military, and they can tell you something about their military service. They they probably know their drill instructor. They probably know how many push-ups they might have done. You know, they can tell you something about the military, and most of them know that when they hear the national anthem, they are the stand-up. You know, it's stuff that, things like that that are inbred in you so that you know that you are, this is part of you forever. Granted, there were some things you probably want to forget, but you just can't. You know, and that's the way God wants it in the church. First of all, he wants us to know who he is and to never forget that. That's why Moses told the children of Israel, Deuteronomy 6 and 4, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and you must love him with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. And you must talk about him and teach him diligent to your children. You know, because once you get that in you, it will never depart from you. You know, people can backslide. They still know God. I don't care how far they try to get away, they still know if they've ever been filled with the Holy Ghost and baptized in Jesus' name, they're going to know. 
You know, they're going to know. You go up and start talking to them. I, I had a young minister. He's a minister today down in, in Texas. And he told me when he was backslidden, he said, you know, he used to sit on the bar drunk and argue with people over scriptures. You know, and then God brought him back into the church. I had another young lady that told me that when she was backslidden, she was a Bible quizzer. You know, had been a Bible quizzer. And every day, God was steady pounding her with the scripture. Every time she'd go to do something wrong, the word of God would just hit her. And she'd wind up getting back to the church. So don't lose heart. Don't lose hope. Amen. You know, it, it is there. So we want to get back into our lesson tonight. Now, last week we talked about the attire of a harlot. Hopefully everybody went out and checked that out a little bit and looked at it. Amen. Tonight we want to go to point C. The two sexes are not to be alike. The two sexes are not to be alike. Now, from the creation, if you notice the creation, after God made Adam, he made Eve. He made a male and female, Genesis 1.27. He made a male and female. They were to be different. Amen. And then, then Solomon wrote, and later on in Deuteronomy 22.5, he said that the woman should not wear that which pertaineth to a man, neither shall a man put on a woman of garments, for all that do so are abomination, what? The, unto the Lord thy God. It's an abomination if we put on opposite sex clothes. Now, granted, the world today is is trying to say unisex, whatever, you do what you want, you know, but God's Word does not change. And our world is in a mess right now because of violation of the Word of God. Right. Amen. And it's constantly violating the Word of God. And that's why we see we're getting further and further away from the things of God. Now, you think about this scripture here. It's an Old Testament scripture, but God knew a long time ago what was going to take place. And so he was trying to give warning, amen, to build our faith and to have distinction, amen. And so we need to understand because this world is in a mess, as I said, is because it's violating the principles and rules of Almighty God, amen. If if I was to come in here Sunday morning in a dress, what would y'all say? <laughs> Most of you would leave, wouldn't you? You would say, Pastor's lost it. I'm out of here. Ain't no way. Yeah, that's right. That's what you would be saying, right? You know, huh? You pray for me. Lay hands on me quick. <laughs> you know, but but you if you stop and think about now, I'm 65. Okay. And you guys, I know a couple of y'all are older than I am. And so if we were to go back when we were teenagers and when we saw a guy in a woman's dress, we'd freak out. You know, you know, it, it, it would be, you know, we poke fun. Yeah, you know, all kinds of stuff, right? You know, people would call them weird, everything, you know. But look where we are today. We saw it coming, and we did nothing. See? And so we have gotten further and further down the road now here, 30, 40 years later. And that's, you see, the enemy is slow and subtle. See? He, he presents something slick and like he did Eve. See, 
And as a result, it brought in, you know, I, we, my wife and I, we go over to the nursing home and we visited uh, this lady. She's going on 94 years old. And she's a good friend of ours now. And she told us, she says, and, and I don't know, we didn't ask her, we wasn't talking about it, but she just looked at my wife and she says, you know what? She says, I had never wore a pair of pants in my whole life until my daughter turned 25 years old and start working for this company to sell pants. And my daughter, they told her, go home and, and have your family to put them on. And she says, and that was the first time in my life, and she's 90-something years old now, that she says she had ever wore a pair of slacks. That's subtle. And see, and this is what Scripture is trying to get us to see. We don't realize it. You know, the enemy tries to usurp God's authority and bring in these things to make it seem like it's okay. You know, and I I was reading an article today. I I wish I'd have broke my iPad. Somebody posted it on Facebook. Even the Baptist church now is, is, is... coming out and saying that a lot of the things we see that's taking place in the world today is because of the distinction that women went away from uh, the dress to the pant issue. And man has gone from the pant to the women dress issue. You know, so when mainline churches are starting to see it, you know, that they have violated the principles, you know. And so we have, to, we have to realize that God wants us to be distinct here. Amen. And so we see that once we begin to violate God's principles, all of the evils begins to flow into the body of Christ. See, look at Romans chapter 1 real quick. Romans chapter 1. Paul right into the church of Romans chapter 1 to start in verse 16. He says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone to believe, to the Jew first and all to the Jew. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. For the wrath of God is revealed from the heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who hold the truth in unrighteousness, because that which may be known of God is manifested in them. For God have showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even as eternal power in Godhead, so they are without excuse. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful but became vain in their imagination, and their foolish hearts was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like a corruptible man, and to birds, and four-footed beasts, and creeping things. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanliness through the lust of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves." who changed the truth of God into a lie and worship and serve the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. 
For this cause, God gave them up to vile affections, for even the women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the women, burning their lusts one towards another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which was meet. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, malignantness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, coveted breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgments of God that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. So notice Paul said they left the use. And you can go back to this scripture and see when when the change. Anytime the change away from God's word, evil is going to happen. Evil is going to begin to come in into the life. Amen. You know, this verse, when you look at it, is more ethical and moral principles. Because God always wants distinction from the creation. He wanted women to be women. He wanted men to be men. And there's no doubt in my mind that what we're seeing taking place in the world today is because of a violation of this principle. The homosexual movement, uh, the gay lesbian rights movement. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not, I don't hate any of them. Amen. I, they're like anybody else to me. They, we all need the Lord. Amen. I, because I'm not pointing my finger. I'm just saying when you violate the Word of God, you're going to go down the wrong road and do the wrong thing, and somebody has got to reach us and save us. That's why, you know, as the world gets darker, the more reason to share the light. Amen. It's the reason we need to bring the light into fruition here. Amen. We see the immorals that are taking place. Amen. And so what is left next? If now, if we have same-sex marriages, you know, if, if Paul says to the church, think about how many years ago he said that, that men is leaving the, the woman and the woman is leaving the man for women to women and man to man. What's next is left? If we got same-sex marriage, you know, women married men and men married women, you know what is next? Bestality. You know, you know, sleeping with animals. And, and, and it's already coming. It's a slow process. Because just a couple of weeks ago, I don't know if you know it, in Alaska, they arrested a guy, you know, that was having sex with an animal. Filthy, right? But this is what happens when we go away from God's principles. This is what happens when we allow, you know, the, the world's teachings to be implemented in the people. You see, we, we, God wants us to, 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 to be separate and distinct, amen, for Him, praise God. And so we need to teach our children. We need to teach and obey the Word of God so that we don't follow the examples of what the world is doing. It's a slippery slope that people are on. Suicide is up. 
Amen. And divorce is up. All because we are people are violating the word and principles of God. See? So we've got to stay separate. You know, women must be women and men must be women. Men. <laughs> men must be men and women must be women. You know, you know, it, it's sad that you know, I, I have some dear friends out east, and she called one day, and she was a liberate, not a liberate, but she was, she was devastated that here it is, her young five-year-old was in kindergarten, and a lady brought her son in, five years old, in a dress and girls' clothes because she wanted a daughter instead of a son. And so you see where we are now. Let them be what they want to be. No. You can't violate God's word. Men must be men and women must be women. And the church has a responsibility for God to teach truth. And so we must stand on the truth of God's word. Amen. And so let's not violate God's principles. Men wear men's attire. Women wear women attire. Amen. God wants this distinction to be held to its steadfastness in his word. Amen. Because it's just going to be a little bit. A snowball start rolling down the hill. And the next thing you know, you got an avalanche. You know, when I was climbing Mount Fuji in Japan, one of the things they told us to start with, they said, whatever you do, do not throw any pebbles or rocks back down the hill. They say because once it picks up speed, it's going to start picking up other things, and people that's coming up is going to get hurt. So don't do it. And that's what we see is taking place. This snowball is starting to roll slowly. And pretty soon, it's not going to be able to be put out a stop, just like a wildfire. You know, once it starts, until they get way out in front of it and route it off, but you stop and think, look how much damage is done through a wildfire by the time it is put out on the other end. The same way with where we are today in this world. Our world that we live in, I know this world is not our home. We're just passing through. But by the time they put this fire out that started right now, you're going to think about how many people that's going to be hurt and not realize. Same thing with bringing in marijuana laws and all these things, legalization. You know, by the time it's all done and they put it out, somebody wake up, we're going to have all kinds of problems. So, amen. But as Christian soldiers, you and I, we must have distinction in our uniform, in our dress, in our appearance. And we must represent God. Amen. Number D, duty of cleanliness and care. Ecclesiastics 9, 8 says, Let thy garment be always white, and let thy head lack no ointment. Amen. Let thy garments always be white, and let thy head lack no ointment. Amen. You remember the priest was always anointed. 
Amen. And this is what John is saying in 1 John 2, 27. But if the anointing be upon you, amen, then you have no need that any man teach you, for the Holy Ghost will teach you. So you want to be anointed, amen. Every day they was to bring olive oil, fresh brand new olive oil, amen, to the temple to put in the light so the light would be burning. Amen. David says in Psalms 91, I shall be anointed with what? Fresh oil. Amen. So every day you should get up and pray and allow God's Spirit to insaturate you. Amen. With the power of the Holy Ghost. Because with the Holy Ghost in you, it will keep you clean. It will keep you pure. Amen. With a strong influence of God's Spirit inside of you, it will keep you alert to the things that are around you. It will keep you alert to wrong and evils that are coming against you to help you stay clean. Amen. And to help you stay pure. You don't want to put yourself in an environment to where you're going to get dirty and unclean. Amen. You want to make sure that your garments are always white and pure. The Revelation, amen, 19.8 tell us that the white linen of God is the righteousness of God. The saints of God. The righteousness is always associated with cleanliness and purity. Amen. This is why God says in Isaiah 1, 16, wash you, make you clean. Put away your evil from your doings. Learn to do good. Amen. Come now. Let's reason together, God says. So you want to make sure that you're clean. You want to wash yourself. You want to, 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 to present yourself as a soldier of Jesus Christ. Amen. You remember you have been chosen by God. You are representative of Him. So your attire that you put on which should always represent Him. No matter what you're doing in your life. Amen. You want to be clean. Clean you. Clean your temple. This is the temple of God. Amen. Keep it clean. Keep it pure. Keep it steadfast. David says, I will set no wicked thing before my eyes. You don't want to take in anything that's going to cause you to defile the temple of God. Because if you defile the temple of God, then the, what you're wearing is going to be defiled. Amen. And you don't want that. You What people see from you from the outside, you want to make sure is what's in the inside. The art had to be sealed within and without. And so therefore, what on the inside should be what's on the outside. Amen. So you want to keep yourself clean. You want to keep yourself pure. You remember we looked at Proverbs 24:30, right? Solomon said, I went by the field of the sloth and by the field of the man void of understanding. And what? It was all broken down. He says, and I saw it and I received instruction. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. So shall thy poverty come as one that traveleth and what? That wants as an armed man. You got to make sure that you take care of yourself. This is the temple of God. Amen. And you want it to be clean. Shower, bathe, whatever you got to do to keep yourself pure, clean. Wash your clothes. Make yourself look as the child of God. Amen. As I have always told people, it's amazing that the world, people that could never come to this church or any church, but they know what you're supposed to do as a Christian. You know, they know. Satan knows. And so this is one of the reasons Satan is trying to keep people unclean. 
keep your homes unclean, keep your cars unclean. You know, when we were doing prayer walks, you know, we started out, you know, me and Brother Terry, we would go out and we'd walk and stuff and pray over the city. And one day we was walking down the street and God spoke to me and he said, I need you to start praying against unclean spirits in this city. Now, I know this month we're praying against unclean spirits and I hand you out a sheet. Believe me, that's only a fraction of all the unclean spirits that are out there. See? So we as children of God, if we look at that list and go, oh my, and there's more, then we should be willing to take and get clean as children of God. See? You know, when I was in the military, because our lesson is dealing with soldiers, do you know what I used to do as a first sergeant? I inspect the barracks. <laughs> you know, you walk through Sister Barb, you know, I would go into the bathroom where the washing machine and dryers were, and I'd pull them out from the wall and see if they had cleaned behind them. I'd pull the lint filters out to see if there was lint in them. You know, I'd move the water fountain to see if there's cobwebs behind the water fountain. I'd run my hand across their wall lockers, top of their doors, throw the window sills, you know, looking for stuff. You know, I, when, when I lived in, let, let me tell you how the Army used to be. When I lived in government quarters, housing on base, when I got ready to PCS, the inspector came in and the guy walked in my front door and he put on a white glove. I'm going, what? <laughs> but that's what they would do and they call it a white glove inspection. This guy came through my house, amen, and he started rubbing his hand and going here and going there and everything. He opened the oven, he pulled out the grate, and he looked at the grate, and he says, you got some food sparks still left on the grate. <laughs> I'm going, you're kidding me, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he says, I keep looking, but I can't pass you till you fix that. I'm going, you got to be kidding me. So, you know, because you're up, you, I mean, you're cleaning stuff all the time, trying to get it right, because you know they're coming. The grass outside, everything. I mean, they enforce these standards of hiding, standards of cleanliness, you know, upon you. And so I'm, I was sitting outside my door trying to fix, get this, this stuff off after he left, right? Now you got to make another appointment for them to come back, and then they go through everything again. You know, and so I'm sitting out there with a, some steel wool trying to get this stuff off. And my neighbor comes over and he says, hey, man, he says, you know how you get that stuff off that grill? I says, how's that? He says, just go get some oven cleaner and, and get a plastic bag. He says, and you spray that grate with, with that oven cleaner and you put it inside that bag and you spray it in the bag and you lock it up. He says, because the air can't get out of that plastic bag. And he says, and all those chemicals will eat that stuff right off. He says, you set it outside for the night. You leave it. You come back the next morning. And he says, all you got to do is just take a rag and wipe it off, and it'll be gone. I did it, and it worked like snot. 
<laughs> you know, and it was gone. But but <laughs> slick slick lights <lice> now. <laughs> don't put that on the tape. <laughs> I I don't think they expect like that anymore. But that's the way it was when I was in the military, and I used to do the same thing to folks, you know, because they had enforced that upon me, you know. And so that was kind of how we dealt to keep things clean. And today, I will be honest with you, I do that stuff at my house still today. I, I do. When my wife wants the oven clean, you know, the grates, I spray them, put it in the thing, set it outside, clean in the same way. I get on my hands and knees and help her get in the corners, get behind the toilets, whatever, you know, in the windows, whatever, I will help her clean the place, you know, because when I used to come home when I was in the military, I, I wanted it done. And so this is part of what we have to do, you know. You know, our hangers, if you looked at our closets, our hangers are all the same way. You know, the military forced that trip upon you, you know. This uniform here, that uniform there. You know, it, it's just good, clean things to do. And if you get in the habit of doing that, then you can always have the cleanliness. You know, it, you know this is just, just good things to do in life. They, that, that, they help you to be what God wants us to be. Amen. So... Jesus says in Matthew 12, 43, 45, he says, When the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places, seeking rest, and findeth none. Then he saith, I will return into my house from whence I came out. And when he is come, he findeth it empty, swept, and garnished, and goeth he, and take with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself. And they enter in and dwell there, and the last state of that man is worse than the first. Even shall it be also to this wicked generation. So God has said when the unclean spirit goes out, when you are born again, see, he had to go. God won't dwell in the same place with the devil. <laughs> and the devil ain't going to dwell in the same place with the Lord. So this doctrine that they got floating around now that you can have the devil and the Holy Ghost at the same time is false doctrine. You can't. It ain't happening. Okay? So so you, you this is why you want to stay clean. And you want to keep something in it. <laughs> you don't want to just clean the house and don't put something in it. You know, because if you leave it empty, guess what? The spiders are going to come in and they're going to build cobwebs. And the next thing you know, the dust is going to come in. You know, and the fifth is going to get back in there. So you want to put something in there. This is why you are to put the Spirit of God in the things of God. Peter says you add to your faith virtue, virtue knowledge, and knowledge temperance and godliness. Put something in you that's going to be solid. Put the Word of God in you so that when trials and tests and things come against you, you can stand firm. Amen. Keep yourself pure. Keep yourself clean. Keep your living quarters dressed and ready at all times for the inspection. Amen. Keep yourself ready. Keep it clean. Amen. Keep yourself clean. You're the temple. Amen. Wash you. Make you clean. Smell good. Look good. Act good. Comb your hair. All this stuff. You know, get it right. All right? Number E, men and women hair. Amen. Amen. As we can see, another trend that people has gotten away from the Word of God here. Amen. 
Paul told the church in 1 Corinthians 11, verse 10, 14, and, and verse 14, 15, For this cause a woman to have power on her head because of the angels, does not even nature itself teach you, that if a man have long hair, it is a shame unto him. But if a woman have long hair, it is a glory to her, for her is given to her for a covering. Amen. And we know that when people were to appear before the temple in God, they had to have coverings on. Amen. And the talik was what the men wore, and the women also had their hair. Their long hair was their covering. Amen. And this is why Paul is bringing this thing out. And if you notice, he says, that's not even nature. In other words, isn't it natural that a woman has long hair and men has short hair? That's what he's saying. He's trying to get us to see. The pulpit commentary puts it this way. It is a glory to her because it is, is at once beautiful and natural. Notice, her long hair is beautiful and natural. Amen. Here. Gill's exposition of the entire Bible says, But if a woman have long hair and wears it without cutting it, as men do, it is a glory to her. It is comely and beautiful. It is agreeable to her sex. She looks like herself. It becomes and adorns her. Amen. What good translations here. Amen. So, our hair, but we see that now the world is what? Reversing. Men are drawing hair down their back, and women are shaving theirs all off. You know? And so we need to make sure that we stay with the principles of God. Amen. Even our hair length must be different. Men's hair must be short and women's hair must be long. The long hair and the, sh the, and the short hair represent submission and authority. Amen. The Bible says that a woman's hair is for a covering. It, is a, it honors her head. If she is married, she honors her husband. If not, she honors God. If the man has short hair, he honors his head, which is God. Amen. So even today is much more socially acceptable for men to wear their hair short. Similar, it is usually considered more attractive for women to keep their hair long. Short hair is commonly looked upon as masculinity trait, as a masculine trait, while long hair is considered a feminine trait. So we must make sure that our hair stays the way that God intended it to be. Amen. And we must follow those principles. It is a glory. It means it is most glorious condition, most exalted state, her dignity, her honor, and her power. And I know a lot of times when we look at the scriptures, it seems like a lot of times it's applying more to the women than it is to the man. See? But we need to realize that God understands the principles of things. And he wants us to teach the difference in the distinctions, and he uses certain things to keep us in that distinction. From our clothing to our hair, God wants that distinction to be kept. Amen. And we honor our heads when we do that. Amen. So let's follow God's principle in all that we do. Amen. And we could get into more 
of this later, but even as you see our world today, the world we live in, even in our military ranks now, the women are, are being forced to, to cut their hair, to take and get rid of it, to look more masculine. And we see what is taking place because they're doing it. You know, they're taking on that masculine role than maintaining the femininity role. See? And that's why I, I used to, to tell, I used to get asked all the time by a lot of apostolics, you know, and stuff, you know, of their women wanting to join the military. And I used to tell them right up front, this is what you will be faced with. You know, so you need to decide. That's an all-volunteer force. Nobody is twisting your arm making you do it. But do not think you're going to be able every time to follow what you think and believe in the military. It's a whole different animal. It ain't going to happen. You know, commanders are sworn to good order and discipline, and so they force standards based on how they feel <laughs> to a lot of degree. You know, so you have to remember that. So we can see this. That's why I, I, I cringe at a lot of our ladies that wants to that go into the infantry. And I mentioned this last week. You know, you're not going to have long hair in the infantry. You know, you know, it's, it's going to have to go. And that's what the devil wants more than anything. The enemy wants to, to break down everything he can of gender distinction as possible. And he's doing it slow to our young girls, young boys, you know. And if you look where it's hitting now, is in our elementary schools. See, because if he can persuade them at the lower level in the school system, then look how many more years, if the Lord should tarry, he has to have them to make an influence on those coming behind them. But you and I must stand firm on God's word. We must not compromise truth for error. Amen. We must not do it. So we need to make sure as, as to let our hair grow, to cut our hair, to keep ourselves clean, to keep ourselves pure, to keep ourselves separated from this world. Amen. To not wear opposite sex clothes, but to be right and to do right. Amen. In our school. Parents have to take a stand for righteousness in school, amen, and everything. Don't let the world put you in a corner, amen. We have to stand firm, amen. Praise God. Faith, number F, i got about six minutes here. Face your hair and tattoos, amen. Now, last week I was talking a little bit about tattoos, you know, and I told you that most people that has it's been born again today that has tattoos will tell you that they got them when they was either drunk, <laughs> didn't know what they were doing in the military overseas somewhere, and they just want to be part of the group, and so they got uh, tattoos. A lot of people does not realize that tattoos have satanic influence, uh, influence upon them. Amen. If you've ever been to Asia, then you know there's a lot of demonic forces. The first time I ever seen a uh, dance to what is called the fingernail god in Thailand. We was on a tour, and they had all this acrylic fingernail polish and all these acrylic nails and long nails you see now. You know, they're coming out of Asia is where they're coming from. Is a dance that they do called to the fingernail god. 
And everything in Asia is a, it contribute to a god. You know, even the sweet potato had a god. You know, fish. You know, that's like now. If we see, notice it, what is taking place in lacrosse is dragon boat racing. Okay? That is a, a face they do in Asia, which is known as the god to the fisherman and the, god, the fish god of the sea. And so, and as a result, people here in America, they don't even realize what they're getting into half of this stuff, you know. And so, and as a result, they don't study. Remember I told you last week, we need to read, we need to study before we do some of this stuff and let our children do some of this stuff because what it looks like may not be what it is, you know. And so we need to make sure that we're not allowing them to be influenced because once they taste of the forbidden fruit, it's hard to cut it off because what are they going to say? Well, you let me do it before, you know, and as a result, now you've got disunity and, and, and hardness going on. So you need to realize before you allow them to do things, amen. But tattoos, amen, is, is, is associated with satanic force and witchcraft. Now you stop and think. You know, when, when Paul said the work of the flesh and he called it witchcraft, it, it, the Greek word means pharmakia, which means pharmacy. Now, what do we see taking place in the world today? Drugs, 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 right? And what's the latest thing, you know? Every time you open the paper, they're busting somebody for doing what? Cooking up meth. More drugs, you know, to... to Get high and to destroy lives, and they got now they got uh, heroin in this area that is is potent. And I was sharing with Brother Richard. I was reading the other day they, there was another one they call what is it fentanyl or something. They was talking about that you know they put lace it, and it's supposed to be more dangerous now. So you know people are coming up with all kinds of ideas and things to to to, to push drugs for financial gain into kill people basically because once you get hooked they say once you get hooked on crack or meth you know you'll do anything to get money to get more see and so these are all works of the enemy to bring this stuff into play you know and so so we have to be careful so all these tattoos and things that you know that are being influenced in the in the schools and in our sports icons and you notice well all the sports icons just about every one of them you see whether black or white it's got tattoos in their bodies and i was just reading an article yesterday i get the what i call the military uh daily bread and the navy is saying now they're gonna usually you could only have one or two tattoos and they had to be covered but now they're coming out with a policy that they're not going to stop them they can have as many as they want because they don't want the military to lose what they classify as good candidates that can be good sailors or soldiers or whatever because they have tattoos on their body so they're going to let them have as many as they want you know to, to be able but before it, it was a strict rule and they would not allow it, you know. But you stop and think, if these things are associated with drugs and gangs and satanic force and skinheads and racism and everything else, where will it stop? Yeah, so we have to realize this. And the Lord says, amen, 
to the children here. If you look at your scripture, uh, Deuteronomy 14.1. You are the sons of the Lord your God. You shall not cut yourself nor make any baldness on your forehead for the dead. Amen. So don't cut your body. Don't demuliate your body. Amen. Leviticus 19, verse 27 to 28. You shall not round the corners of your beard, neither shall thou mar the corners of thy beard. You shall not make any cuttings in your flesh for the dead, nor paint any marks upon you. I am the Lord. Amen. Well, in other words, you see a lot of people today, they're cutting their beards and they make them kind of level them out and look, you know, the, 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 the what do you call it? the GQ look? Nowadays, you know, the beard, round the corners of your beard, right? Put a bowl around your head. <laughs> bowl cut. <laughs> You know, but but the but the overall, if you look at what is taking place here, is it would come back to being prideful, and all of it, and that's what we see today in what's so-called the GQ look, is is all associated with pride. See, when they had beards in the olden testimonies, there was not to cut it; it was to let it grow. You know, and we see this with David's men. When David's men went and they took them, and what did they do? They cut their beards in half. And so what did he do? He said, stay there until your beard grows back. You know, and so because it was to be an embarrassment to be seen like that. Amen. And so that's what we see today is nowadays, you know, like I say all the time, I don't care if you have a beard, but just don't let it be prideful. And that's what we see today is the world is giving everybody, want everybody to have the GQ look and, and everything else, you know, of, of how they do. And, and, and another thing with the rounding of the head and stuff, if you go back and look, I remember in the 60s we used to have what they used to call the rounding. You would bring it around and then you would put like points on your head. See, how you shaved your head around like this. You know, and then the way it came, it was it would be like you was rounding your head to make it, you know, look, you know, kind of sharp, you know, and stuff. So, and as a result, you would probably have like down here would be all gone, and up here would be look like curly on the three stooges. <laughs> I think it was a curly or shimp. Which one was it? Mo, mo. <laughs> you know, so. So, but the, the rounding of your heads, you know, and stuff, and your beard, you know, let it, it was to let it grow if you had it, you know, and stuff. So, but they, but that's what we see today is, is this more a, you know, prideful thing today is what, what we see taking place than anything else. And we know that scripture tells us what? Pride go before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Amen. And so... We, we can't allow ourselves to be drawn into these things uh, to be able to, you know, try to fit in the world. We're Christians. 
We're God's chosen. We're God's called out ones. See? And so this is why our personal appearance and dress is so key and essential is because God has chosen us out to be a reflection for him in this world. As he says, you are the city set on the hill. You are light of the world. We are to give light to darkness. We are to show those who's walking in darkness. Now, I, I know I've shared some things here, you know, and some people might say, why, 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 why? But these are indicators of worldliness and what is taking place in the world. And he's slowly sleeping into the church. See? And like I said last week, if you get saved and you got tattoos, that's fine. You know, you'll probably realize your mistake, which we all do. That's why we need to be saved. We realize mistakes, right? And so, but now we have to be plagued by the enemy because he's going to beat us up continually about the wrong that we've done. See? And so, but God loves us. And we love sinners, right? And we're not afraid to rub arms and shoulders with sinners. Amen. You know, I, I'll hug a guy full of tattoos and, you know, goatees just like I will anybody else. Because I want them to know this Savior that I know. Amen. And, you know, like I said earlier, you know, we all make mistakes. But once we come into truth, that's what this lesson is all about, is once we come into truth, is how we live. How we live as children of God. Not being critical of the world. The world don't know. That's why Jesus hung on the cross and says, Father, forgive them. They know not what they're doing. You know, and the scripture says, as Paul Peter says, if you had known, you wouldn't have crucified the Lord of glory. They don't know what they're doing. But we, as born-again believers of Jesus Christ, we should know what we are doing. And how we are to live our lives. Amen. To represent him in these last days. Because that's what he wants more than anything. Is so that people can see truth. When the, and, you know, and again, like I said, and, and that should be all of our attitudes. To not be critical of what they're doing out there. Because they don't know. And we, such were some of you. <laughs> but what? We washed. We're sanctified. We're justified in the name of the Lord God and by the Spirit of our God. And so this is what God is trying to show us as his children is, look, I brought you out. Now stay out and let your light shine so that others can see. So we got a job. And, you know, and that is to reach the lost for Jesus Christ, to share this wonderful truth that he has given us. And as they used to say on wagon train, ride them off at the pass. Ride them off at the pass. Get ahead of them. That's what we got to do. We got to get out there. We got to we got to get out there for for the young children that has not, you know, got involved yet to get them in the complete truth as quickly as possible to bring them some understanding. That's why Sunday school uh, and Christian education for the children is so important to have them in church. Amen. When they're in your homes to teach them. You know, just drop those seeds and share, you know, with them the love of God and what God can do for them. Amen. And we will see the value and the importance of being what God has asked us to be.